Welcome to episode 99 of the 2 on 3 podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at 2 on 3 pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at hello, hello. at 2 on 3 pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me brushing up on my new edition choreography at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me is Ty. Are you working up something for your next touchdown celebration, Ty? I'm always like going with the, the pooping the football thing. <laughs> That's horrible. It's just it's a That's disgusting disgu- act. <laughs> That's a disgusting act. That was the mooning. The disgusting act was the yeah pantomiming a moon. It's just a disgusting act. Right, right. It's, as long as it doesn't get you penalized, like the dog peeing thing. I never understood the dog peeing thing, but whatever. I, who cares? Like, why I, are you throwing flags? Like, just who cares? Just because stop. it's college football. You can't do it in college football. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think we should start treating children like adults and see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, that's a, I don't know. We might have to deep dive into that in another episode because I think you're uh, maybe wrong about that. But anyway, we're going to look back to go forward this week. So um, we're going to talk about the power of nostalgia, the tyranny of nostalgia, and then we're going to make a quick trip to the trailer park. Double dose of Jijatwa. And in the OT, um, more stuff. Right? Oh, no, more movie stuff. I more went to a movie and I have stories. I have, <laughs> I have out in the world stories. That's what the OT is for. I went and did something and some what? people were there and I need to tell you about these people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to, before we get into the segments, I would like to just pose this, uh, pose a question. By all means. Maybe she wanted a Peloton bike. <laughs> you know, maybe she was asking for one. Maybe she'd been dropping hints for the last couple months about how she would really, she's very busy and the, they have children and it's hard for her to get to the gym and wouldn't it be nice if we had an exercise in the home? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to buy that not for Christmas. <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't you buy it for Christmas? What is wrong with... You know, a blender, a vacuum cleaner, or a Peloton. There's nothing innately. I mean, there's people put a lot of weight into this, but maybe, maybe she had been dropping hints about all for the last couple months about how it would be great to have a Peloton. And you know, those things are like three thousand bucks. With I mean, that's like a, right. that's an appropriate. This is an appropriate. What I'm saying is, that this is an appropriate Christmas gift for your loved one. You're right. You're right. Because the idea of the suggestive gift is is just perceived negatively. But we've talked before about the politics of privilege. This is totally a politics of privilege situation, where it's like the somehow the subtext of the gift has to be like the thing that matters, as opposed to hey, this is a thing I will use and I will enjoy and you've spent a lot of money on it, so thanks. You know, I mean, you talk about the vacuum cleaner and stuff. Now, I think that you have to be careful with that because you just, if you're going to give it, again, politics of privilege though, but you have to give the gift and you have to like, if you have to explain it while they're opening it, it's just a bad scene for you. Like, it's just... Sure, but what I'm saying is there's this hilarious outrage about this woman whose awful husband bought her an exercise bike because apparently her ass is fat. I don't know. There's like People are making up this hilarious story about this sure. man who's this privileged man who met, who's making sure that his wife looks nice. I just don't, I'm just not buying it. First of all, Peloton is like this luxury brand. If you've ever seen any picture of Peloton, I'm everyone who owns one. I listen apparently- to other podcasts. <laughs> I know what a Peloton is. <laughs> <laughs> every peloton every picture i've seen of peloton the person who owns the peloton has made an entire room for their peloton yes it's supposed to be super small and fits anywhere but if you have one you should put it in your dedicated peloton room right with art in it and stuff i don't know well see if he had built her a gym and then given her the exercise bike that would have been fine <laughs> well, so what would it have been <laughs> the twitter outrage would have been he built her an exercise dungeon and won't let her come out until she's hot <laughs> anyway i feel like i feel like it's a, a that's a the thing made me laugh for a little bit i just thought maybe you know maybe she wanted one I well this know. is interesting because i'd like to hear from maybe our, our our women listeners and if if i you know if you buy it like a, a you well, you extend it to like vacuum cleaner which i think is like another level of oh no, but like kitchen aid like 
That's my a wife gift. likes to no, bake. No, that's different. That's different. And so that's... I bought her a KitchenAid. But see, that's year. because baking is a luxury. Like being able to have time to bake, that is a luxury. <laughs> no, it's not. Sure people, it is. people, it's not a luxury. People who like to bake, bake. I think it's just. But like, having no time to bake, than, period, is a luxury. It's no different than any hobby that you make time for. Right. No, it's not. No, and I gave you the good thing. Right. You like to bake, so I bought you a I bought you a stand mixer because you like baking. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it, it's not a privilege item. It's just you like. <laughs> there's lots of people who have stand mixers. They're not. They're not. They're not uncommon. I, I don't know. I need more context. Maybe he also is going to be working out on the Peloton. <laughs> this is for us. Sidebar onto my other favorite. Sidebar. We haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> no. Sidebar onto my second favorite commercial where the dude like like his wife buys them like smart watches that are matching and then he goes oh i bought you something too and they go out to the driveway and he's bought brand new trucks sure. they ran this one last year yeah so yeah. this is the second year of this yeah, and yeah. so he goes out there in the ridiculous he, house by the way the ridiculous house he's bought two brand new cars he's bought a hundred and he's probably bought a hundred and thirty thousand dollars but they're gmc's <laughs> and, and she's like i like this one Sure. She likes the truck. Yes, And of he course. thought, oh, the truck's for me. Oh, she, I love this one. She's like, oh, okay, fine. Whatever. I like red. All right, well, I guess you're taking that one back to the lot. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> They're going to take it back. Yes, dude. they are. Yeah. If you, want to, if you want to pick up truck... You get yourself one. Yeah, because anyway. you just bought two cars when you were there. <laughs> so they're going to go ahead and let you bring that one back and get a different car. Yeah. Yeah. I always like the surprise car uh, commercial. Where Speaking of where, the politics of privilege. <laughs> I no don't one's care. ever given me a Lexus with a bow on it. Listen, listen. If, if I don't care how much money I have, if I came home, if I surprised my wife with a car that I had bought without talking to her, she'd stab me probably. I don't care how much money we have. She'd be like, you, know, you bought a car? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's for you. It's not... I, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> right. That's that is a I mean absurd rich people activity. Like I remember the first time I don't I ever even, even it's real. I don't even know if it's real, but so whatever. It's funny that you say that because the only time I've ever been, ever been exposed to this in media outside of commercials that I can specifically recall is in Cheers when Woody went to go meet <laughs> Kelly's family and they were super rich yeah. and one of the things he got for his her or one of the things she got rather for her birthday was a Ferrari and it had seven miles on it and like. <laughs> He like sang her a song at the piano because he didn't have any money. Yeah, Kelly, 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 <laughs> Kelly. I remember the song. But the, my memory from that is really about the Ferrari with seven miles on it. I was like, oh, that's a gift you can give somebody. You can give them a car, like a car? that you drove just from the lot to the house. <laughs> anyway, well, there won't be any cars being given at my house this year, nor Pelotons. If I give my kids video games, am I asking them to be better with their hand-eye coordination? Yes, you're asking them to be boys. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> All right, let's start this show. Let's do it. All right, in segment one. Today was a big day for the metalheads in the world. Brian Schwartz, I'm usually... This is usually a Brian. This is usually a, a topic I might say for Brian, but... I was surprised to see it in the front end. It was surprised to see it, but... Today, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, announcing, putting up their tour Joan dates. Jett. Joan Jett is opening for this thing. It's a four, and it's a four band set. Okay. And um, and Seattle is on. So, am I going? The answer is yes. And in fact, I think I'm going to buy four tickets and take my entire family and make and just have them watch Fat Vince Neil struggle. Uh, through through a set of Motley Crue songs, so okay. it's pretty exciting. However, this is sort of um, the segment I've titled "The Power of Nostalgia," because Motley Crue had hung it up. Right? They had signed. They made all this news that they had signed this contract that they could never get back together again. They've dissolved the thing. They've signed this contract. Motley Crue will never play again. Fair. Okay. Nice. Okay, that's a that's a very rock and roll thing to do. And then they put out that Netflix movie. Did you see The Dirt? The Netflix I read the movie. book. Yeah. I'm not going to watch that movie. I ended up watching the movie cuz <laughs> I was I was I was stuck in another country. Fair enough. With very few English language options. So I watched I it again. I kind of I kind of half watched it once and was like, eh, I'm not particularly interested in it. Then I finally got around to watching it. It's pretty entertaining and if you're a Motley Crue fan or whatnot, but that that has been so successful 
and their catalog blew up. Like all these kids found Motley Crue and they sat around and said, we need to, we need to wind this machine up and, uh, and make some money, which again, I don't blame them. No, people are interested in our, our stuff again. We need to get back out on the road. Yeah. We need to do a summer tour of stadiums because we can fill it up because people are ready for us again. And, and I feel like, the entertainment business right now is just completely powered by nostalgia. We may have talked about this before, but right now it feels like we're at the height in of... some form or function, maybe every episode, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, so I'm, so I'm excited. I think pre-sale starts on the 10th or the 12th or the 10th, maybe Wednesday, the 10th. I'm going to have to get myself some, uh, get myself some tickets for the, uh, Seattle show. I could not watch Vince Neil perform. <laughs> I don't know that I could like. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. He's he's objectively so- terrible. He's objectively a terrible singer. And I think I'm, on the show I have said that Motley Crue might be the most successful band ever with the worst singer. Like I don't know. Like like Van been- Halen's close because David Lee Roth is pretty terrible. But there are very few bands that are as successful and well known as Motley Crue, where the singer is. So so terrible all the time. Can you? I mean, can you think of anything that's even close? God, um, like I mean, original Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, she like, was just yes, she was. <clears throat> she was really bad she when was she bad. first started. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, me. yeah. But but she got better. She worked at her craft. She didn't I mean, get appreciably worse over the course of her right. career. Well, God bless her. I think she's worked really hard to become. Yes, a, no. I, a, I think she's a, a much a better per- singer. Yes, and I think she's a much better performer. Vince Neil never did. No. <laughs> Vince Neil wasn't really concerned about becoming a better singer ever. No, the only other one that stands out to me is like I remember Gavin Rossdale being terrible live, uh, but <laughs> they weren't that big for that long. So no, certainly not Motley Crue status. Yeah. So that's a. Uh, so what? So it prompted me um, about this tour announcement was that I had seen a an article done by the Polestar people, the top touring artists of the decade. Now, again, let me let me lodge my complaint about the decade. The decade doesn't really end until the end of next we've, year. But fine, we've covered this. We've covered this. But this is this is a they they put this out and. And again, here's a list that's, for the most part, hugely powered by nostalgia. Like, there's, I mean, I think that for any band or any act that that has started even remotely recently, I mean, you see that One Direction at 15, uh-huh. because they had a big decade. I think they started early in the decade and wrapped up. $628 billion they've made touring, or $628 million that they made touring. Aren't the four of them still periodically, like, aren't they planning another record right now? Like, I I, I seem to recall, like, Harry has a new record out, which, mm -hmm. by the way, I have to say good things about. I very rarely have the patience to sit through the SNL performances. Uh Uh-huh. That song's good. It's both of the songs that he played on SNL were good, and I watched the entire thing. And he's doing this sort of... Uh, latter-day Bowie thing, which works now that Bowie's gone, right? And doesn't feel like a total bite. It's sort of like there's a space, there's a Bowie-sized space in the yeah. in the entertainment industry, and Harry is stepping up into it, and now finally has a couple of pop songs that I want to listen to. And he's English, so it, he can totally pull it off, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. His last his his first solo record was very Beatle. I didn't like enjoy it? it though. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, there's nothing catchy about it. I don't know, slow, weird, listen. very indulgent. All right, One Direction. Um, I need all five of them back together. I don't. Zane I'm not going to do four. Back. I'm not doing four of them. This well, is no. This is no good. Zane says the other guys are racists. <laughs> what? I don't. That's just my conspiracy theory. <laughs> okay. So side. Can I sidebar here? Real sure. Quick? Um, so we, we drove to Las Vegas, which is a long way, and then we drove back. On the way down, my daughter said, "Let's play the entire One Direction catalog." And we played the entire One Direction catalog. And again, my mastery of the One Direction catalog is shocking. Like, <laughs> I know all those stupid songs. All right. Anyway, um, Justin Bieber. When, when, when did Bieber, when did he first start? Did he start at the beginning of the decade? Yeah, it's been a solid 10 years. 
it's been more so than that, really. he's more recent he's you know 500 you know half a bill he's had two big records and he's got the well, i mean we're in the thing though now you talked about powered by nostalgia but that's true for also people that were famous if you were big 10 years ago you're still big now because that audience grew up with you yeah and nothing new has really displaced you in a meaningful way yet no and he's managed to he's managed to to hold it together enough and like show up enough on other people's songs to like continue his career bruno mars Number 20 here at, again, another half bill. The hitmaker. Uh, yeah. But then you get to the top. Let's get, if we go to the top of the list, it is completely like, oh, you too. A billion dollars. They've made a billion dollars touring. The politics of privilege. I, would, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody went to the U2 show. It was a couple of years ago here. It's, I didn't go. No. But, but, every, but everybody, I'm sure all the white people went. Uh, you, this, you couldn't catch me at a U2 show. No. I saw U2 some some years 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 ago, but I'm not, I, I have no interest in now. No, I pretty much for me the last U2 song that I liked was the Mission Impossible theme. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Uno Dos Tres Catorce song. No. <laughs> what is 14? What? what? <laughs> I need more information. Well, I, no. That was yeah. it for me. That was actually when I was like, nope. No, sorry, sorry, Bono, I'm, I'm out. Right. So the Rolling Stones at, at 929 million. Um, I saw the I saw the Rolling Stones on their other fair their one of their other farewell tours in like the 80s. Yeah. Like no. Steel Wheels. My Steel parents Wheels went to tour. see them in the 90s. Like the <laughs> yeah no. They they were supposed of, to be done back then. Yeah. So I was like so I see in the Stones. Here's the shocker: 922 million dollars for Ed Sheeran. I don't understand. <laughs> um, he like plays stadiums. Yeah, and he's just a guy in his clothes with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you watching? I don't. It's I. It's a pop music with no part of it. There's no show. Right. You know what? More power to Ed Sheeran. I don't know who the folks out there who are going to the Ed Sheeran Stadium show are, but I mean, obviously, it's worth your hundred and seventy-five dollars to go see Ed Sheeran. Um, can I sidebar here again? I saw I saw yesterday the oh the, me too the the and and while Ed's a terrible actor he's I he's good can't. to make he's good to make fun of himself which was funny which well, I think but I don't think he's I don't think he's a particular I mean he's not a particularly good actor but I need to understand more about the direction he was given because I couldn't <laughs> tell if I was supposed to th- was I was supposed to think he was a prick or not and maybe that was so maybe he is a good actor because I think maybe the ambivalence was the point well he was supposed to be a prick. That he, yeah, like he was like, I'm nice, but I'm also so famous that I can't kind of help but be a prick. So I think yeah. maybe that was an accurate depiction. <laughs> All right. And he loaned out his stadium show at Wembley to shoot some film. He ultimately did, did the man a solid. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, $922 million worth. Taylor not quite getting to $900 million. I'm shocked that Ed outsell, outsells Taylor. The other two, I'm not surprised, but... Good Lord, Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just a bunch of old people with disposable income. Who right, because you've got to be, what, 60 to want to go to the Stones? I mean, the Stones themselves are 70. Right, so you you yourself probably need to be <laughs> at least 55, and even then you're probably on the outside edge. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not interested in seeing the Stones. Anyway, any other shockers on here for you? Bon Jovi at 836. That's a uh, lot of touring because the- they don't play stadiums. He doesn't play stadiums. No? No. They just play all the time? Yeah, they just play all the time. It's not just Philadelphia Soul halftime shows? <laughs> For free? <laughs> uh, I would say that of the top ten here, which the, the other acts that are included are Beyonce, Paul McCartney, Coldplay, and uh, Bruce Springsteen, which is a thing I've had on the agenda for a long time, but we've never really talked about. But uh, pause for a second, because you, one of the questions you asked in the rundown was, would you pay to see any of these people? And Beyonce's the only one in the top ten that I would pay to go see. Yeah. Yeah, I would go to most of these shows for free if someone was like, "Hey, come." Oh, sure. I mean, but if you're gonna pay, stadium price is like 175 bucks. I would only pay for Beyonce because I I know that I'm going to get to see something that I probably won't see elsewhere. I'd pay less than 100 bucks to see most of these acts. I would not. I would not. I would not pay to see Coldplay. I don't like, I don't like crowds. <laughs> that keeps you out of the stadiums for the most part. It though. is. I've never been a stadium guy. Like, well, first of all, you don't like crowds. You like you go to the sporting events. You don't mind those crowds. Uh, I yeah. I don't. I like it. I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, I don't like 
arena music, you can't, it sounds like shit. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I like, because I've been to too many club shows where I'm like, this was awesome. I have too many good experiences having a good time in the club. You go to the arena and it's like, I can't hear anything. Right. I can't see anything. (laughs) If I'm in the pit, if I'm down on the general admission, I can't see anything because I'm not very tall. No. No. If I'm in the stands, I can't see anything because I'm a mile away. Yeah. There's no upside to this. (laughs) They get a lot better. The, The acts are getting a lot better in those big areas to, you know, get you. You know, video screens and all that other stuff makes but, it a little. It makes it a little better. Why, why do I want to see that live? Like to me, the biggest arena know. in the area that I would actually really want to go see somebody in is probably like the, that Wamu Theater. Yeah, the, in the convention it's, center. That's it's about awful. As, it's awful. It's, it's yeah. It's a yeah, but that's about as big show. as I'm willing to deal with. Got because it. outside of that, it's like I can't. I'm not. I might as well not be here. Right. Right. Might as well just go home and watch Palladium. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Segment two. This is where we where we explore the tyranny of nostalgia, right. which was um, this week was uh, a big week for Billy Eilish. Uh, Eilish, Eilish, Eilish. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm out of touch with Billy. I'm not going to say you're like a work. bad color analyst who just lets you get away with mistakes. Okay, Billy <laughs> Eilish. <laughs> anyway, so uh, she was on Kimmel. And Kimmel's asking her questions. At one point, she said, and he he was asking her. He said, "Name of Van Halen," and yeah, she said, "Who?" Yeah. And and of course, Twitter went, but wild, because that's what Twitter does, right? They're just looking for a reason to hop on something and be like, "What is this?" You know, f you, you know, Van Halen's a goddamn legend. You know what I mean? Eh, and everyone just gets everyone, everyone just gets a bit out of shape. No. About it, like, I'm not better. You should, about it at you all. should, you should know who you should know who, and and I'm kind of on her side. I mean, how old is yeah. Billy? Seventeen. She's, she's a seventeen year old. Seventeen. Kid. She was born in two thousand and two. Right. So she, <laughs> she she was she's seventeen years old. She doesn't know who Van Halen is. I get that. I think that, and I don't know who Billy Eilish. I've never. I, I don't think I've ever. I've heard her songs. You or, have definitely heard those songs. Maybe, maybe they. But I didn't know it was her. Right. So it was fine. Just, they're just floating around in the world. I may be. I may have walked through one. I'm surprised but, your daughter's not into it. No, my daughter's listening to really filthy rap music these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, side, can we sidebar on filthy rap music? So, so she's like, she's. We we're driving around the car. She's like, "Hey, can I play the? Can I play some music?" I'm like, "Sure, go ahead, plug in, play your music." And she goes, this is my favorite song right now. And she throws on this thing. It is just filthy. It's this filthy rap song. I said, please turn that off. I said, you know what? You can listen to filthy rap music all you want in your headphones. Do you know what it was? But dear God, please do not play that in my car ever again. Do you know what no, it was? No, I don't oh, recall what it that's was. That's disappointing. I was, cause I was like, G14, she's listening to this filthy rap music. I was like, yeah, no. Listen to that on your own time. And and for dear God, don't play it for your mom. And then like three days later, played it for her mom. I was like, oh God. And then I had to hear about that. I was like, oh God. You know that Lucy's listening to this, you know, you know, filthy rap music. I'm like, oh God. You know how old you sound, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. But I didn't listen to filthy rap music. I mean, there was all the songs were about sex when I was a kid. You're too old but, to have listened but, to filthy rap music, right? But it's I but, listened yeah. to filthy filthy rap music. Sure, but did you did you play it really loud for your parents? No, because <laughs> because why? I don't know. Yes, it was a course, different time. You, it was a exactly. Anywho. Yeah, but it's not a different time, and who cares about swearing? If you don't care about if you're casual about swearing, what are we upset about? N word. Yeah, but that's every. That's what. That's been around. That's that's not I new. Mean, I just don't want. I just don't want. You know, there's all this stuff where. Where you need to be careful about singing rap songs. Don't sing along. Yes. To that. yes. So it's just I, I had to I had to talk to her about it, and I don't care. I didn't tell her to never listen to it again. I just said, please don't play that in my car anymore. That's what. I if said. you don't like it, yeah. But you seem to have you seem mostly to be focused on the words that are used. Is it no, just, I mean it's a curse word. But you know, come on. I don't. She's still my kid. Wait till your kids start playing filthy rap music, and you can come talk to me. It's interesting that you say that because I've often thought about whether or not I would be the first generation to grow up never like stopping, like never outgrowing hip hop. Yeah, well, because I still listen to it, and I. To- and again, <clears throat> my biggest beef with hip hop right now is that the biggest acts like I don't like anything that's popular. So not that that's a problem, really, because I don't know. It just 
I liked the hip hop zeitgeist and it doesn't exist anymore in a way that I like, like mm-hmm. I f- feel like what's popular is very generic and, and not very interesting. And what I liked about hip hop coming up was the lyricists and the creative beats. And now everything is just, no, I, I now I sound old. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will innovate. So, but I thought what would be funny is because Billie Eilish does not know who Van Halen is. She should because, because, because they had number one hits 30 years ago, mm-hmm. being generous 30 years ago. Sure. The I Van mean, Hagar stuff. The Van Hagar stuff was, was then. What, I 51, thought I would 15? take a trip down memory lane. So when I was 17, what were the hits 30 years ago? <laughs> Do I know any of them? So I pulled this up for you too. So the first one, okay. but I did. So well, I pulled first of all, you have a much harder task here because you're, I mean, I was music, 17 in, in the mid-80s. Right. And so music that came out. So I'm looking at the number one singles from 1956. This is 30 years before I no was. No one knows the singles from 1956. <laughs> well, here's the, you know, you might Do you know 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford? <laughs> no. You know that? Yeah. You loaded 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt. You don't know this song? Holy shit. No. See now you now you're like Billie <laughs> Eilish. All right, how about "Memories Are Made of This" by Dean Martin? Um, I you maybe have heard it. Yeah, but it's not until you get to Elvis on this list that I have yeah, any yeah, idea yeah. what any of it is. <laughs> "Lisbon Antigua" by Nelson Riddle is or I don't know no, that, yeah, that. "Poor People of Paris" by Les Baxter. There's some Elvis. We all know the Elvis movies. Oh, the Elvis. Uh, I know the, all the Elvis songs. "Wayward The Wayward Wind" by Gogi Grant. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even have any idea how that goes. Then Elvis Elvis basically took over. And then Singing the Blues by Guy Mitchell. Anybody? No? No. No. Anyway. So, of course, if somebody from, you know, some old person when I was 17 said, What the hell? You don't know The Wayward Wind by Gogi Grant? I'd be like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, you just did You Don't Know like, 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie <laughs> to me. And I, what the fuck? That's why, that's why it was funny. Anyway. So that that one's kind of gets that one kind of circulates every day. Sixteen times it gets shows up on TV shows and goofy shit like that. Well, so that's interesting because I thought the only way that Billie Eilish would know who Van Halen is is that she's probably heard "Jump," sure, as part of like a a a marketing campaign, probably. But that's it. Yeah, maybe running with a devil. Maybe because that's what matters here is staying power. Because I was looking at this list and it's like, okay, well, the only thing I know is Elvis because Elvis is to the to some legend timeless, right? Yeah. Um. And I'm sure then I started looking at my list and I started thinking about the fact that music that was popular when I was born in the late seventies was already classic rock by the time I was yeah 10. Yeah. So we had to go, we had to go to the number one singles of 1966 mm-hmm. for you. And these are all, these all seem very, they're like, I know all these songs. Very, yeah. Sounds of silence. Yes. There's the, there's the Beatles. Yeah, Actually, they dreaming. traded back and forth. They p- traded back and forth here at the beginning. Did you see that? Yeah, Simon Garfunkel and Garfunkel Sil- and the Yeah, sound, sound of Silence and We Can Work It Out. Like, kept switching number one spots there for the first, for January. Well, neither one of those songs are Despacito. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Boots are made for walking. Sure. Everybody knows that one. Ballad of the Green Berets. How the hell did that get to number one? See, this is back. It's getting weird. Good lovin', right? good lovin' by the Young Rascals. You know, good lovin'. Of course, I know good lovin'. Hoodaloo. That's how I used to sing that. Monday, Monday. Look at these are like hits. Yeah. When a course. man loves a woman, paint yeah. it black by the Stones. One of the only Rolling Stone songs I actually like. <laughs> Paperback writer, Strangers of the Night. Sinatra sneaks in here. Yeah, he's not Pro- messing around. This is the end. This is when he's really this, starting to. Yeah, it's getting real boozy. It. I don't know this Hanky. I know some Tommy James and the Shondells, but I'm not familiar with Hanky Panky. I feel like I probably, I, I don't, I can't sing it, but the name is too familiar for me. Is that to. my baby does yes. the Hanky Panky? Yes, is that the one? Is. Yes, oh, it is. there it is. Okay. Wild Thing by the Trogs. Wild Thing. Summer in the City. God, these are good songs. But if I look at the list, the ones that I really know are ones that were repurposed for marketing. Of course. Or, or showed up in movies, right? Like, how many movies feature Summer in the City? Yeah. Every comes. movie from 1988 to 1996? Yeah, and every commercial, like, every, like, soft drink commercial yeah. when it's hot and they're, they play that. Um, 
Yeah, keep me hanging on by the Supreme. So, so what's funny? Come on, is, keep me hanging on is a Kim Wilde song. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it is. Um, so that's that's funny. That's just what just ten years. That's you know, that's just just ten years does. Like like we the '60s sort of carried over. Like yes. people still know these songs. Because we talked about this before being stuck in time with music, and I think the '60s is when modern music starts. Yeah. So so so. This is like okay, boomer. <laughs> like they brought they brought this through. Yeah. The positive connotation of okay, all right, okay, boomer. Well, I think that maybe is you know speaks to the like you said the tyranny of nostalgia, and this is exactly what um, you're watching the Watchmen, right? Yeah. And spoiler alert, real quick. There's a memory pill in the Watchmen where you can take nostalgia. It's called, mm-hmm. and you're not supposed to take someone else's nostalgia. That's become a meme now on. Twitter and it is one of these things where people our age are like this is how I feel when I I feel like I'm forcing my children or millennials to like you love Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) that's what the boomers did to us with all the 60s music whereas like the 50s the the fundamental shift I don't know there's a is there a generation gap there so it just doesn't carry over because obviously the hippies hippies just the hippies just shook it off right they just shook all that they just everything that happened before 1965 they just dumped and like erased from time it was just it's a completely it's a completely different era it's just weird like you see stuff from that era and you're and you think wow these people live on this planet it also probably helps that in the early 60s we finally start to get you know acts of color and uh, it's sure. not it's not Elvis stealing music from other people and then putting it on white white man radio. <laughs> sure, <laughs> these sure. are all factors. Yeah, and uh, but uh, but um, I thought Wolf Wolfie Van Halen made a nice tweet where he said, "So she doesn't know who Van Halen is. You should listen to Van Halen because it's pretty cool. And if you don't know who Billie Eilish is, you should listen to her stuff because it's pretty cool. And we should come together over stuff like that instead of you know screaming it." you know, millennials or young people for not knowing like who the hell Van Halen, how can you not know? I would listen to a Billy Eilish song featuring Ed. There might be one coming up. It sounds good. You know, here's the, here's the, the irony. The great irony of this is that Eddie Van Halen doesn't listen to anybody else's music ever. Like he doesn't, the, the last record he bought was Peter Gabriel's. So in like 1980, this is a commonly known thing. Oh, then he doesn't listen to other. He he probably has. I mean, unless you've toured with him, he may have listened to your music. I think there was. He went to a concert with his son. Like there was a Tool concert where somebody asked to take to take their picture in front of the stage, and they they handed their phone to Eddie Van Halen, and Eddie Van Halen took their picture, and the kid walked off and said, "Thanks, dude," and like wandered <laughs> off. Like didn't know who he was. And uh, but he doesn't listen to any other. He doesn't listen to music. Oh well, never mind. I don't want him to do a song with Billie Eilish because now he sounds like a prick. He should. No, he just. It's not that he's a prick about. It. He's just not interested in. He's just not interested. That seems in weird to me. Music. How can he be? So he just tools around his own guitar, and that's good yeah, enough for him. That's it. That's he likes to create. He likes to. He likes to tinker with his equipment and just you know play eruption. I don't know. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean it's it's totally fine. I mean, sure. but that's the that's the funny part about it is that he doesn't listen to any other music, which is ridiculous. Because if you think about where he is in the pantheon of guitarists, he could be making lots of money doing guest spots on records. Not interested. Sure, he doesn't need just, it. I guess just not just not what he's about. Fair enough. Anyway, all right. Segment number three: the trailer park. I don't know about other trailer parks. But the park that I live in, there are certain requirements you have to meet in order to live here. That drop is creepy. (laughs) It's just weird. It's hard to find trailer park content to repurpose. (laughs) Fine. Fine. We are coming into a, uh, we're coming into a really interesting, uh, you know, stretch of movies here, uh, here at the end. Well, obviously, um, Star Wars, which we'll get to, but uh, the spring will bring us two really big, big, big movies. James Bond, mm-hmm. Bond, four hundred and thirty-seven, and Black Widow. Which you know, let's start with Black Widow. Okay, because I think it's interesting that Marvel is going to tell the story about you know a dead girl. 
right? We know we've we we know we understand her fate, but we're gonna. I, it'll be interesting to see how they they back into this. Well, you think they'll you think they'll make some reference to her dying, or you think they'll just start the movie and and it'll be Natasha Romanoff just kind of doing her thing, like they're gonna set it in prior to her involvement with Shield or. It's probably within her involvement with Shield. It's just I don't know how they're going to do it, but do you think they'll make reference to her actually being dead and looking back at her life, or do you think you think they'll just sort of pretend she's just alive in 1995? Because it's an MCU movie, my assumption will be that we will start with some sort of Nick Fury look back. Yeah, like that he's either investigating or is reading a file or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we're, they're going to tie it into the MCU. I'd be surprised yeah. if they don't. Yeah, but I don't think they need to. I think the character's well known enough, and like you said, you already understand the outcome. Like it's just how did we get here? And I think people are up for how did we get here most of the time, um, even if they don't end up liking the story. They're mm-hmm. like it'll make money, right? Sure. Oh no, it'll do. It'll do. It'll do bang up business. There's no. There's no question about it. But. Um, so in the last couple of years, we've had two movies that are pretty much like this. There's Red Sparrow. Well, not really. Jennifer. Did you well, watch Red Sparrow? I, no. Okay, Bits so and pieces. I recorded it. It sat on the DVR for a solid nine months. Uh, <laughs> and I think I, I think I watched it maybe six or six or eight weeks ago. It's certainly it's, marketed like a like that kind of a film. It's super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's much more of a training focused look at how bad this life is, like the way you're forced into this situation mm-hmm. and, and what you're required to do. It's very much more a kind of an emotional style thriller than it is a spy movie. Right. But it's, it's the setup is similar. You, you take a young girl, you raise her up into this organization and you, and she d- does things sort of sure. like a La Femme Nikita kind of a thing. And so, and so yes. the, and yeah, so then, you know, so the, the Black Widow thing sets up very similarly and Jean-Luc Besson just, of course he did La Femme Nikita all those years ago, but he also recently released a film called Anna, which is essentially a La Femme Nikita movie. I can't um, remember which one that is. You don't have to, you don't have to, anyway, me. keep talking. It's basically a Black Widow movie. Pretty blonde girl raised in an organization that that puts out supermodels that assassinate people. Okay. Yeah. Oh, kind of I, have, I have not seen this. Okay. Yeah. So it's um. So we see this. We've seen this. We've seen that. You know, we've seen this before. Obviously, this will be have the the M, the MCU spin on it. You see in the trailer, um, there's a lot of blowing up and flying through the air and three-point landings and karate and uh and you know rachel vice which is always nice to see yeah yeah my age-appropriate crush rachel vice <laughs> but uh what else did what did you what you got a you get a good feeling from this trailer so there was a short thread that i participated in about black widow after our friends at how it was your week honey mentioned black widow and how to explain like there aren't very many females superheroes to their daughters mm-hmm. and how to describe black widow because that seems like a threatening name and, and, and wait a minute, you know, she's kind of a murderer. And <laughs> so yeah. there's a thread I participated in where I kind of came to this realization that what I would have liked from a black widow standalone movie is more of a bond film where, cause I started thinking about it and it's like to my way of thinking that she's James Bond, but actually good at spying. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking more classic James Bond, I guess the, you know, not less the action oriented Daniel Craig version, mm-hmm. but, uh, then seeing this trailer, it sort of starts very serious, and I didn't sit right. It was weird. I didn't like it. And it, it's not until David Harbour pulls on that mask <laughs> that it starts to work for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's a Marvel movie. And then right, I'm like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm in. And then the last yeah, scene, go. yeah. And then the last scene, it's it all gets very Mission Impossible in the trailer. And yeah. now I'm back in on the idea. But right. earlier, like when it was like, oh no, I don't think I can watch ScarJo be upset for two hours. That seems unpleasant. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It. The second half of the trailer breaks into like Marvel territory again, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is what people want to see uh-huh. from this kind of a movie. And so I think it'll be, I think it'll be, a, it won't be a psychological type thriller. It won't be, uh, it'll be 
you know, Marvel will stay true to itself for sure. Well, my first thought was like, does this have to be family friendly? Because I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be either, but I think it has to be. Right? She's the only. She's the the female face of the Marvel universe, right? Yeah, I guess. So some Scarlet Witch. So you have to market. You have to market it to young women, and somehow, yeah. I mean, that's just. Uh, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I sense. I sense trouble ahead in that regard. All right. Speaking of. Speaking of, uh, you, you mentioned Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, James Bond, too dumb to die, too, <laughs> too, too, too dirty to die, too busy to die um, trailer came out. First of all, let me lead by saying Skyfall is my third favorite Batman movie. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good Batman movie. <laughs> and uh, and I think I'm feeling pretty good about the Daniel Craig run. I mean, this is this is Daniel Craig's. I, mean, I didn't. I should know his fifth. I don't fifth know. Movie? That I can, fifth or sixth? Am I keeping track anymore? I don't know. Not really. But it might I, be six, I, I think right? It, I think his run's been pretty entertaining. I think I, I've liked I've liked his movies. Yeah, I mean, even like Casino Royale, which is like patently absurd in multiple parts is, <laughs> sure. is well, pretty... it's James Bond it's supposed to be absurd in some parts no I mean like the whole thing where part of the plan was to make sure he flipped his car so they could capture him that was getting <laughs> a little bit out over their skis on that right okay fine <laughs> but but how do you feel about the run you feel pretty good about it I like little... I like almost all of the the, the um, Daniel Craig movies yes yeah I'll watch so any of them yeah so the the uh the trailer is very you know from a from a color tone <laughs> like mm-hmm. obviously they they shot a lot in whatever desert setting that they were in so you get a lot of those scenes but what i what i noticed about the trailer is doesn't the trailer feel very fast and furious doesn't feel like there's a lot of influence from fast and the furious like baked into that trailer now i don't know if it's baked into the movie but when I watched it after it was over, I thought, I think Fast and Furious is really influencing James Bond. Well, I think Fast and Furious is influencing all straightforward action films. And at this point, Bond is no longer really a spy thriller. It's pretty much a straightforward action franchise. Mm-hmm. And Fast and Furious is now as close to spy movies as we get, right? <laughs> which, like They are is, essentially... Which is, which is my favorite part of the whole thing. It's like, these street racers who might be dealing dope... <laughs> are now America's right in the first you know, movie we were elite, concerned that they elite. might be stealing VCRs and DVD <laughs> players <laughs> and now they're our elite anti-terrorist fighting force yeah well I mean we our suspension of disbelief was over when Vin Diesel beat up the rock right because <laughs> we know that's not happening it's not happening anyway but I felt like yeah so I mean you're probably right I think that that Fast and Furious works people love those I mean those, that franchise is made uh one bajillion dollars right mm-hmm. so it makes sense that we would see it bleeding into some of the other like you know mission impossible like there's a you know mission impossible's probably had a huge influence on how yes. they how they approach bond that's what i would have said so rather than fast and furious i probably would have said it's every all of those things have a very similar tone now from an execution like a, a set piece execution perspective yeah yeah, yeah because because Bond usually was more about being sort of clever and, and, but now, you know, Daniel Craig just kicks a door in and shoots everybody. Well, that said, I think my favorite part of the trailer was when there was a minigun mounted in the headlights of <laughs> his car. So, I mean, maybe that it's working. Very, that, that seems very on brand for Bond. Like, right. It was appropriate. Missiles, missiles in the car or machine guns in the car. One of my favorite things about nostalgia is when you successfully deploy it in a new way. Like, give me the new take on the old thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. give me the DB9 or, you know, give me the, um, what's the old one? That is, that's what it is, right? Yeah, it's an Aston Martin. His He's been an Aston Martin. Right. Um, but I think one movie they made him dread the vanquish because right. marketing. Because, <laughs> yes, because product placement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, getting the, giving me the, it's like what Triple X tried to do. Like they tried to be James Bond, but like action games X Bond, it didn't, and yeah. it didn't really, it doesn't really work. Um, this was the right thing to do. It's like just update it. Yeah. Take the cool thing and update it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we slide into, should we slide into a quick, uh, into a quick Star Wars? Sure. 
We can we can save it for next week. No, no, no. I mean, we might as well go in. We might as well go in on it now. All right, let's do, let's let's talk a little bit about it. So there, we're into the full marketing thing. I have my tickets for the nineteenth. Interesting. Ten o'clock, ten p.m. Going to take my daughter. We're going to stay out till one o'clock in the morning. Okay. See, uh, to see, uh, to see the Star Wars. I, 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 am I expecting a satisfying ending here? I should hope so. <laughs> and there's a lot to sort of process in the in the in the trailer, like space ponies, and a C three and a C three PO memory wipe, <laughs> and Palpatine. So, I have some. I have some. <laughs> This is the nostalgia part because there's no possible way that you can wrap up this whole thing, and it's already kind of a mess. And I think we've gone in, we've gone over it, and we'll and I'm sure we'll do a deep dive with our friend Matt from the basement or somebody about <laughs> about about Star Wars after it comes out. Uh-huh. But the tie-ins are, I felt like I feel like you know we're we're headed this direction just to give us Palpatine at the end. And and JJ Abrams I think is is just pretty much almost said it. And I'm trying to avoid as much of this this news as I can because you know, you know me, I like to formulate my own Star Wars theory. Uh-huh. But there's definitely a Palpatine at the end and and I, I'm going to come out and say I think raise a Palpatine. Interesting. So we we can deep dive this later, but I just wanted to get that out on. I wanted to get that on wax, just so if I'm right, <laughs> that I can Chuck, claim. You... So I can claim some sort of, you know, some sort of super Star Wars insight. Do you know who um, Chuck Wendig is? No. Okay, he's an author. Um, do you know whether or not the books that he wrote that exist between Jedi and Force Awakens are canon? No, they're not. They, sure? they, yeah, no, I but think that's, they that I wasn't extended wiped. universe stuff. It was oh EU stuff. Was, no, it wasn't extended universe stuff. It oh. was it was books that came out like inside the last ten years. Oh, I don't anyway, know, maybe your theory it seems unlikely if that's the case. Okay, right. <laughs> I'll tell you Is what it, though, the Palpatine thing. Like, I'm sorry, we already had a whole movie about Voldemort. I don't need another <laughs> like unkillable. There's nowhere left Magic to go. Game. There's nowhere left to go. They've painted themselves kind of into a corner here. And and yeah. and there's nowhere left to go. So since we're running along on this segment, we'll just uh I'll just say this. this there's I think the Mandalorian now, if you I know you haven't done the deep the I'm deep saving plus. It. I'm you're saving, saving it. it, which is totally fine. I'm gonna watch it all at once. You're gonna you're gonna wait to binge it. Correct. I'm not. I'm going kind to. of enjoying the looking forward to oh, every sure. Friday. Sure, but I know that um, my wife's not. I'm not gonna wait wait week to week. Okay. And then like hope that my wife is into watching it once it'll be like and because like things like Watchmen or like uh, uh-huh. his Dark Materials, I have to wait like maybe 48 hours, and I'm like, I don't want to wait. You're going to sleep. <laughs> I want to watch this show right now. <laughs> so I don't want to do that with the Mandalorian. I'm just gonna keep her out of it. And uh-huh. when it's all there, I'm just gonna hammer through it later. Got day. it got it i think the i think the the baby yoda tie-in is just again to smooth just to just to grease the skids for a uh for a palpatine for a palpatine uh palpatine appearance sure anyway all right well well, we can go we're just never gonna find out about once you yeah once you once you do once you do your mandalorian binge we can talk about it because it's pretty, it's pretty entertaining there's context in those Wendig books about where the Empire goes in the intervening period after the Battle of Jakku and before the events of The Force Awakens. Uh-huh. And I don't oh, know. Oh, you know what? I tried to read one of those books. They're so poorly written that I couldn't get through them. They're, they're bad. They're very bad. Uh, eh, it wasn't Sorry. the greatest. The first one was pretty good. All right. Okay. Anyway. I'm looking forward to it. Let's, uh, we'll see. I just want, like I said, I just wanted to get that on wax. Okay. All right, well, now you know what part this is. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> Dad jokes of the week! Woo! It is a double your pleasure, double your fun Yeah, we were segment. off last week. Yeah, we were so. off last week, so we've got plenty of them. All right, let's fire through these. Do it. They're mostly bad. <laughs> this would be different You somehow. know, Matt from the basement asked me if this segment was going to come to an end at the end of the year. 
And I mentioned that to my wife, and she made the eyebrow. So I think we're going to be doing this well in 2020. <laughs> Stocking stuffer on yeah, the way. Yeah, I think calendar number two is coming up. <laughs> Dad jokes. Did you hear about the dancer's birthday? It was a tappy one. Ooh. Mm, pretty bad. Oh, sorry. Knocking stuff over. What is smarter than a talking cat? A spelling bee. I can't get my bicycle to stand up. I think it's because it's too tired. <laughs> what part of the car is the laziest? The wheels. They're always tired. The, did they really do a double tire joke? I mean, they're like nine days apart. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I put them together because they both suck. All right. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right. There's a new type of broom out. It's sweeping oh, the nation. A broom. Why did the cow jump over the moon to get to the Milky Way? Mm. Mm. This is the end of the year for these yeah, guys. Really like the guy, the guy slapping this together was like, "Shit, I just got to get to the end." That's why I had to tweet the Thanksgiving one because it was good. <laughs> you're addicted to leftovers, you're gonna have to quit cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid. Fantastic. <laughs> Daddy, all right? No, I'm half left and half right. Why was the man driving in a bathing suit? He was in a carpool. <laughs> this may come. <laughs> Damn it. This may come across as cheesy, but I think you're great. <laughs> in which state does the Ohio River run? In the liquid state. The liquid state. Yeah, I always like a good physics joke. Uh, and uh, I couldn't believe this was in the calendar, but here we go. A boxer started dating a pretty girl. I hear she's a knockout. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Two big raised eyebrows on that one. Yeah. Girl started dating a NFL running back. Oh my God. <laughs> Definitely a knockout. By the way, my joke this week, I told it at dinner tonight and got the biggest laugh from my son. So, <laughs> Well, I know what I'm in for then. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. If you're having trouble peeing, you're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're in trouble. Anyway. Yeah. That's a, that's a cousin of the European joke. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. All anyway. Right. He and laughed it, hard. Yeah. He's have you shown, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and I said urine. So yeah. have you a, taught him about Uranus yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving that for next week, next year. Get it. I'm waiting, I'm waiting till he's 11 to make butthole jokes. <laughs> Your anus. Like yeah. what was, the, all right. That's it for dad jokes for me. All right. Great. Into the overtime. Overtime. So I went to the movies. All right. What we did you see? Frozen Two. Frozen Two. I haven't. I've, I've not yet had the pleasure. None of nobody in my house is even remotely interested in Frozen Two. Thank God. So, well, then, can I tell you the things about it? Yeah, tell me. Tell me. Everything. The only thing worth spoiling. Go, go for go for the spoiler all day long. I don't care. It's fine with me. So the movie, pretty good. The music, a little weak. Okay. Um, it's hard, how you're never going to come up with another Let It Go. Let It Go is a once in a. I mean that's like maybe one of the best Disney songs of all time. So, but they went like that... five for five in the original movie with the songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was like a Lion King style. You hit them all. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that that so that's that is rarer than I think we remember. Like, you know, Aladdin has a couple of slappers, but for the most right. part, you get one or two, right? And this one, there there wasn't a single song that was catchy. Oh really? No, it wasn't good. Okay, um, but. They make up for it with some of the visuals. There is a four-minute sequence where Kristoff is singing in the woods alone, and it's cut like a '80s power ballad video where it keeps zooming in on his face, and then he like walks in the frame behind his himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like like his face is taken up half the screen, and then he's uh -huh. he's in the background as well singing, and then they transition around, and there's like different crossfades and stuff that happen. It's That's I fun. laughed probably out loud four or five times in like the three-minute period just to the visual cues. It was like watching a Steve Perry, Steve Perry video. Yeah. That's great. That's quality. That's yeah. funny. That's but he's clever. There were uh, other people at the video, at the movie. Of course there were. I, I don't know why. You I went don't. to you went to a, 
I imagine you went to a daytime matinee. We type. went to a one thirty matinee the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Okay, so we had just picked the kids up from school. They got an early release that day. We picked them up, went straight to the movies. Got it. They were excited. We we're like, cool. We're going to the movies. We get there. It's reserved seating, obviously. We get there. The movie theater is fairly empty when we get there, um, even though it's really not that that long before showtime. You can tell it's filling up, and there are people in our seats. And I assume they're just, you know, confused and in the wrong aisle. Uh, or the wrong row, rather. And I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. These are, we're actually in these four seats. And again, there's really, at this point, maybe only 10% of the theater is full. Mm-hmm. And the mom, who was clearly in control, so it was a mom, a, ki- a couple of kids, and then two grandparents. And the mom's like, oh, well, I, I didn't think it would be that busy. So I, I just thought we could sit wherever. And I was like, you- okay, you know I mean, no, you just say sorry and move. Like, yeah, I don't need to hear your excuses. Yeah. And then the it, answer, the answer, wait, first of all, it's frozen two. Five day days after they, it came out. Right. It's on a holiday be, weekend. Yeah. It's going to be busy. It was now, full. Now get the F out of my seat. It took grandma a solid three minutes. We just <laughs> stood there on the stairs. Like, cause she had to get all her shit together and they she had, was like, not spread prepared. out. They, they decided oh, they had, just, they just, this was it. They were there. What the hell is wrong with them? And the thing is, is that they were on the aisle on the other side of the same row. They just walked up the stairs and were like, well, let's just sit here, even though it's the other side. <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know. People just apparently just do whatever, I guess. Um, there are some other things that occurred. Uh, please, please, other parents, don't bring your sick children to the movie theater. I, oh, I understand no. that maybe it's hard to make plans, but I'm sorry. If your kid is sick, the kid stays home <laughs> and you get to stay home with them. This kid was obviously sick. Oh like my god! Coughing f- and sniffling. Yes, and for the first like, thirty minutes, had like, a fever. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna lose my mind." <laughs> I can just see the look on your face. It wasn't great. No, a lot of turning around with the death. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I've gotten. I've told you. I've progressed to the point with with bad public behavior where I'm just I'm yelling about it. Like, like immediately. <laughs> like, but uh, this kid was basically over your shoulder. Yeah. Just. Yeah, so sniffling. You, you collect like, every every sniffle for the, that thirty minutes. were just right in your ear. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I got the apple cup on Friday. Uh, somebody in our area was ripping them, and finally I was like, "Stop farting!" Loud, right? Like after the third <laughs> fart, I just yelled it. I don't know who I'm saying it to. I'm just yelling, "Stop farting!" Oh my god, stop farting! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not having it, man. Let's get out of here. <laughs> At least, at least have the decency to to try to SBD me with it, right? Like, don't just rip huge. No, farts. no, no. It was SBDs, but it was like a ser- a series. Oh, you didn't hear them? No, no. I, oh, I was, okay. I was. They were I assaulting. Of, I, no, I was oh, being I assaulted by them unexpectedly. <laughs> it was much worse. I'd rather hear them. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. At least I know it's coming. I mean, these were <laughs> potent. Like, put your coat I'm, over your I'm, face kind of farts. I'm hats off to the person cutting silent but deadlies at no, the stadium. No, I'm yelling at you. <laughs> Stop farting. I'm much worse off when someone just rips a big loud fart. Like, in public. Like, <laughs> I think bar. I would laugh, so. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. You think you? I would be, I'd be like, oh, please. Just, <laughs> this is, this you know, just just have the decency to let it slip out. Don't Don't make a, don't make a production out of it. There was also at least one family at the movie that apparently didn't feel like they needed to make any effort whatsoever to keep their children somewhat quiet. Oh, God. The kid wanted to talk. The kid got to talk. Seriously? Yeah. No, I didn't hear any shushing. Oh, that is the worst. That is, you know, if if parents are trying, I'm totally with you. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you brought your kids out into public. We, t- need to, we need to teach them. Like, if you're at a restaurant or if you're at the movies and you're trying to teach them the proper behavior for these kind of public events and but your kids are a little bit unruly maybe they don't get out very much maybe you maybe you haven't been doing enough up to this point but in the moment if you are trying i'm okay Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but it's the people who just let their kids run buck wild and just sit there they talk to each other or they're at a restaurant and they're like they're having coffee and they're talking to each other their kids are going buck wild i'm like the hell people let's let's just you know, well, and the worst part about this is this this kind of behavior that thing extends into your personal life. Well, you'll be like at a, a large get together, and some people have their kids there, and 
you know, you kind of keeping an eye on your kids. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I get it. It's an it's a group effort, but you don't get to show up and just let the kids run amok. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've got to parent them. I feel like uh, I've covered this on the show before. So if you're a friend of mine and you're listening to the show, I'm not talking about you. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm if actually. You're, I'm if you're one generally... of Ty's friends and you have small children, he's talking about you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking more in terms of folks that I don't see very often, actually. Yeah. Um, all right. So I also there were people who uh, were taking pictures at the movie during in, the movie during the movie. Jesus! Like just with their what phone, the... like taking pictures of the kids' reaction to the film. What the hell is wrong with people? Uh, I don't know, man. Who are these people? I don't know, but we need to get some like repercussions i need some like we need some civil we need more cops <laughs> <laughs> we need the usher to come in we need yeah. some teenage kid with a flashlight going hey yeah stop i need more figures of authority that don't carry lethal weapons right just just i just need somebody in a vest i need somebody in a regal theater vest to come by and go hey knock it off sure That's and it. then finally uh i learned there are new types of row accessors that I was not previously aware of. So I'm aware of the, oh, we're on the other side. I've walked up to our row. I've realized that our seats are actually on the other side. Uh-huh. I'm going to make a decision about how many people I'm in. I'm going to inconvenience or, you know what? I'm just going to go around. There's those people, right? There yeah. are the, oh, this is our row. Oh, we're on the other side and it's mostly full. And I'm an asshole. So I'm just going to walk through everybody. Right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to plow through. Yeah. Even though it's and- 20, it's 20 seats from this side and five from the <laughs> other, but fuck you people. I'm going through. <laughs> There's those people. I'm familiar with those people. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You've seen the map of the theater. You know which side to go up. Buddy, people can't board a plane where there are five seats in a row <laughs> and figure out where their seat is. They're not going to figure out a 30 seat. You know what? Uh, don't, don't get me started on the I attend sporting events regularly and sit in the same seats all the time. So I'm always like, no, <laughs> go this. You know, you don't know where you're at. Um, I always like that. Uh, so, but. The point of the story was to tell you about the third type of person that I hadn't previously encountered. I did not know this was a thing that people did. Oh, we're on the we're on the other side, but in a different row. I'm actually going to plow across the row and continue up the stairs on the oh, other side. Oh no. I've no. never seen such a thing like we came down. Oh, I've realized that we've we've come down the wrong area. I'm just going to walk through this row and Why make all these Why don't you walk through your own row? Because I I get it. It's one of these things where there's probably at that point only a handful of people in that row. So it's like easier to get across on this sort of half empty row than our row, which looks like it's mostly full from here. Also, maybe walk down 10 steps and go around. (laughs) I think we I think it I think we can. I think we can pretty much say, first of all, people look at the map. Of the of the theater when you get your I I don't even expect that when you get your tickets, just understand which aisle you need to go up. I need to go up. There's only two aisles in most theaters. You either go up the right hand side or the left hand side. That's this is not difficult. What I don't understand about people is, don't you want your life to be easier for you? Let alone all the bullshit you're making other people like deal with because you're such a mess. (laughs) You don't have any shit together. Don't you want to take a moment and make your life go a little smoother for yourself? Um, I think they don't. No, this is the thing. It's people are the center of the universe. So if they inconvenience you, it doesn't really they don't really care. It doesn't really affect them one way or the other. See, I disagree. I can't, no, the thing is someone. I can't live like that personally. No. I would be like, oh shit, I'm on the other side. I'd have walked down, I'd want to walk the, across the front, I'd want and I'd have gone to my seat on the other side. I don't want to have to try to squeeze through that to me that is inconvenient for me. Like right. when I'm trying to like get past you. Yeah. And if you're in one of those theaters that have the reclining seats and a bunch of people have already reclined and you have to deal with I'm like, what are you doing? Just go around. Yeah. I don't know. Moral of the story, everyone should wear fancy sneakers because they'd be like me and they don't want to fuck them up. You gotta go around the, right. the Oh wide. my god. <laughs> Can you imagine wearing your best kicks at the theater when somebody tries to cut through you? It's a habit. Like, uh no, I got my good kicks on, pal. You go around. It happens. I wear. I often wear fancy, but fancy shoes to the basketball games, and that's tight quarters. And there are times Ooh. where I'm like, "You better watch your feet, son." <laughs> that's really. That's really brave. Yeah. I wouldn't do that at all. I gotta a, a, a move. <laughs> <laughs> You'll wear shoe booties. You wear those little little shoe covers. Yep. That's at it. the at the basketball game. Wrap them in saran wrap. <laughs> 
All right. Let's That's wrap this show. up in Saran Wrap. Let's do it. That's our show, episode 99. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we hope to help you live a more deeply examined life. Look at the movie map before you go in the theater. If you don't already, please look at the movie map before you go in the theater. <laughs> Or subscribe and or review wherever you get your podcasts. Don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week for episode 100, where we don't have anything special planned, but we'll figure something out with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace. <laughs>